up, y'all? Welcome to the Follow That Fear podcast. This is a show dedicated to empowering you to follow that fear, pursue what is calling you, and take it one step at a time. What's up? My name is Catalina, but you could call me Kat, and I am the host of this show. I'm an educator, business coach, and overall hype woman. You know, I'm here to like pump you up and really make you believe in that thing you want to do. Today, I'm really excited because we have a special guest who actually is very different from all of the other guests that I've had on the show. Today, we have Lucy Hernandez on. Lucy Hernandez is not only my cousin, so this is actually my family member, but she has literally inspired me in what she's been working on the last four to five years, and I just love her story, so I wanted to have her on and share it with you guys. Lucy Hernandez is the owner of Lucy Hernandez Consulting. She owns her own firm with a vision to help small and large organizations succeed. She helps them with strategic tools, improves their internal performance, and really helps them build business plans for their overall goal. She started out working for the government and worked her way up with over 20 years of experience helping small and large organizations within her own company. And now she figured out a niche and a need and decided to go all into opening her own consulting firm four years ago. I love her story because one, it's a lot different than any other person I've had on the show. So if you know anyone who works in government who has those types of skills, please send them this episode. She literally found a niche and was like, I'm going to go all in. And on this episode, she's telling her story along with how she helps small and large organizations within her business. I'm so excited for you to listen to the show. If you have listened to an episode in the past and have taken anything away, I ask you to please share this episode or any episode on your IG stories. This is how podcasts grow. I hit 7,000 insane and I'm really going towards 10. So it would mean so much to me if you shared these episodes with friends, with family on Facebook, wherever you hang out socially. Thank you so much for listening in. Take a listen and let me know if you have any questions. So tell us about how you got to where you're at um, and tell us what you do and also what how you got there. Yeah, well, I actually I started working in uh, local government, um, you know, in 2000. I actually was a client myself of uh, of child welfare, uh, welfare services. And I went through that um, as a child with my mom and then myself being a client with, with my daughter. I was a, I was a teen mom um, and I was facing homelessness at that point. And there was a decision for me to either keep my child or lose my child. And so uh, social services, community action programs came in and, and helped me. And uh, I was very grateful for that. And I think at that point I've realized, even though my goal was at that, at the age of 17, my goal was to graduate from high school and go into law, uh, go to law school. I realized that my calling may be working in uh, programs and services that will help the community and other Lucy's 
that are in the similar situation. And uh, so my call to action, I think, started at a very young age where I really, I went to school, I went to Chico State, and I started studying. Uh, I did pre-law, but I actually was also looking at uh, social services. And uh, in 2000, I had the opportunity to start working in a public agency, uh, which is a community action partnership organization. And really went through my career as an entry-level case manager and moved my way up. Uh, Up until 2015, I was the director of uh, an organization with uh, 250 employees and uh, multi-million dollar budgets. Uh, But during that that period, that span, I learned um, a lot about this in government, working with grants and uh, working with developing regional programs and innovative programs that I had the opportunity to share within my county to, to make difference uh, a difference for low-income and vulnerable populations. Um, and I was able to take it to the scale of being recognized at the state level for the work I was doing and replicating my programs and my services and had the opportunity then to take it to Washington, uh, Texas, and also um, Chicago, and started sharing about the different programs. I really started thinking about uh, local government, uh, these programs that you see in the communities, uh, how they really should be operated as a business, and uh, being able to explain to the community, the taxpayers, what's the return on investment for um what your tax money is going, how are these programs making a difference for your communities? So my love and and, and determination was how do I scale that at a larger, uh, in a larger scale? And so in 2015, I actually found myself, I and I was re- always remember the date, December 18th, 2015, where I had a really, I came to a point where I had to make the decision. And uh, I followed my heart, my passion, and that was to launch my business as a consultant and a trainer uh, statewide and be able to help multiple organizations, nonprofits, uh, foundations, uh, healthcare institutions, and educational institutions uh, with building programs that were uh, result-oriented, that we were able to capture outcomes and be able to bring in new revenue or new funding into the county so that we can broaden and expand capacity for services to help individuals in our communities, always focusing on populations like low-income and vulnerable populations, anywhere from babies up to seniors uh, with housing and a variety of other programs that I've been able to administer. Um, But I decided to take that leap of faith. And I think that that was the scariest moment. Um, I always remember that it was 11 o'clock in the morning. And I remember having to make the decision, do I continue my nine to five job or do I follow my passion? And uh, it was a scary moment. But it was so rewarding uh, because once I actually, and I'll share a little bit more about what those steps are, uh, once you actually plan to do this, um, you can then make it happen. And uh, so uh, as of January 1st, 2016, I launched my consulting firm and it's um, a consulting firm that serves uh, local government, public agencies, nonprofit organizations, as I mentioned, uh, foundations, healthcare, and educational institutions. And my consulting is really to look at the way they deliver services. I come in to help them 
build uh, innovative practices and tools so that they could actually perform. Um, I focus on not just developing the process, I evaluate and I assess their their compliance, but at the same time, I, all the processes or the tools that I develop with the management executive directors, I then move into training the staff. So I actually have the two-part component. So I'm a strategist as a consultant, and I'm also a trainer that provides technical support and assistance to the staff. But my trainings are geared towards a strength-based approach. So I really focus on developing leadership among staff and be able to help the organization transition into change uh, with best practices that we incorporate so that we can continue building uh, new revenue streams for the organizations so they can sustain, so that nonprofits are not finding themselves in a position where they may have to cut programs or close their doors. So I really uh, help with that sustainability. So it's a little complex. My niche is very geared towards governmental, uh, as I mentioned, nonprofits, but it is a, a service that I offer. And it is something that uh, there was not many of us that offer this uh, service. And uh, I've had the opportunity to work statewide. I have statewide contracts and I've had the opportunity to be able to uh, continue growing. And uh, now we are in uh, year four and here I am. Wow. I'm going to go back to when you started. And I also have a couple questions about what you do. You help nonprofits in like low income, vulnerable communities strategize how is it just how they go about business or like what is the goal of what you like how you support them yeah it's a good question so uh nonprofit organizations is is one of our my sectors uh or public agencies the health and human service agency is yeah. an example they receive funding from the state or federal government and when they receive the funds there's a, a prescribed uh deliverable that they must adhere to, or they will not receive the funds. I ensure that they can deliver those uh, measures and that we have an ability within the organization to have a system to be able to calculate how those uh, programs or services are being tracked. How do we ensure that we provide a wraparound model? So it's very customized to ensure that those organizations are not in, um, in a position where they may no longer be funded. So they get the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They need the money. Okay. Got it. Got it. Wow. Tell me, when was the first time, like, and not when you decided to jump for it, but when was the first time you thought to yourself, like, you have the skills to take this on yourself? Well, I think that that is an ongoing um, dilemma for anyone in business, because you never really stop learning. And uh, so I knew what I could offer and what I could do when I started, but I had no idea of the complexity of how every organization has a different need. And so once I started with a client, that client may initially had started with me helping them develop some organizational standards, and but they didn't know how to implement them. Uh, and then they didn't know how to make how to ensure that the organization as a whole followed these new processes. And so it really, what it started doing is it it evolved. And every time there was a client need, I would then put it into press. I was started to develop my service delivery. And I started really spending a lot of nights trying to make sure what what was the best approach to ensure that all staff in the agency knew that they were part of the greater good. Um, And so every day 
even today, I continue learning because the demands of my clients vary so much. And I may be dealing with a small nonprofit with maybe $200,000 budget, and that's all they get. And I'm working with an organization that has up to $150 million. And so obviously, the complexity of the need is very different. And every day, I challenge myself to keep learning and develop myself in areas where I know that my client's heading. And so it's a big responsibility, uh, because I, I, you know, I have certifications, I have knowledge of this field, I have my master's, but it doesn't all prepare you for what that unique need may be for the client. So my business model is under a service category, so I don't sell a product. Um, and so the service um, also carries a lot of liability. And so one of the components for any business owner that has a service as a product, um, you know, it's important to know that you have uh, to ensure that you know the information, that you're knowledgeable. And if you're not, that you need to share with the client that we may need to bring someone else to support in a specific specialized area um, and making sure obviously you always know as a back you know legal you you need to know the legal aspects of of business well, how did you know what I guess I know you had experiences but how did you come up with your services because I know you just shared like that you know you're dealing with customers that are like really you know much smaller and then really huge for your first handful of customers, like how did you come up with services and how did that work? So I did my homework. So before before launching myself into transitioning to starting a business, I did uh, my preparation work, my prep work. So uh, one of the things is that, yes, I had a concept or an idea, but I actually researched the the market. I researched my clients. I, re- I researched my my how my idea, you know, is there a demand for my idea? And so I did a lot of uh, assessment analysis on my niche. I um, went ahead and did uh, thorough research on my price point. Um, there's systems and formulas that you should utilize when doing that. Um, I look for the demand. And I look at my competition. And so once I had a better idea of what separated me, what the value, the value that I brought in, how it really was uh, different from what the competitor was bringing, I started developing my scope and it aligns with my strengths as well and my skill set. And so once I knew that the competition did not have this edge, that I could bring this different service product into the market and I knew what my clients were looking for, I started developing three elements that I knew I could be really good at. And those three goods were obviously consulting in the areas of grant uh, grant world. Um, I knew it was on training uh, for staff because my portfolio, I have over 13 professional development and leadership trainings. So I knew I could incorporate that. And then my last one was on technical assistance, the specifics of the details putting together systems or uh, tools that will help uh, um, organizations be able able to capture those um, research. So once I knew those three components that I was good at, and I had an upper hand from the competition, I was able then to scale it to a point where I knew what my price point would be. And um, when I came in, I was not undervalued in my cost. I wasn't at the highest category. I came midpoint. And there was a strategy on that. And the strategy is you have to get yourself in in the game. Once you're in the game, that client becomes your marketing 
person. They really start sharing. And I've been very blessed that my clients have um, hired me ongoing. Uh, I have, uh, you know, this is surreal for me, but I have 100% of my clients coming back. And my clients have expanded their referrals at where, I, you know, they're referring to one or two or three individual other organizations. And my platform has grown. Um, and that is, I think, being very strategic from the forefront and something that I want to share with with um, anyone today that's listening to this podcast is um, I want to simplify things for people so that they can know what they need to do. And so um, something I you, you shared with me, uh, Kat, was, you know, something I can give to your audience. And um, what I would like to give to the audience is really helping them um, really research your business idea. And so um, I'll share, um, you know, it's really a, uh, an explanation. It gives you uh, content. What are you looking for? It'll give you the specific steps to take to research the market, the competition, what are you looking for, how to find your price point. Um, and then I will also attach a checklist that will help you put things in, in um, a systematic approach um, so that individuals cool. at their re their readiness level, they know like, this is what I need to do. And just this is because a freebie, right? It's a freebie. Yeah. 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 Okay, so we'll cool. give that, we'll share more about how we can share that at the end. Cool. Um, but my, my thing is uh, really helping business or entrepreneurs that are, you know, they don't know where, where to start or maybe their readiness level. I, I'm very passionate about my business and my business model. So there's a lot of things I'm sharing right now that you're probably thinking, what, what is this? But, but that's because my knowledge and my, my passion is in, in my product, right? In yeah. my service. But to, to be able to break it down to what it means for you as a business owner, um, you know, there is a, some, there are some steps you can take to be able to transition from that nine to five job and really achieve your dream. Um, and if your dream is your business, there are elements that you should be ready um, and, and be aware of because that's what's going to set you apart from the competition is how much homework, how much prep work, and, and really how much you've spent to build your foundation. Because once you've established your foundation, your framework continues to be developed. I'm still building. Um, and it's something that is ongoing. So my goal is to be able to help individuals think about, you know, I, I'm doing this part-time and I'm working part-time, but I just, I just wish I could spend more time in my business because I'm burning out. Um, I was there. And, you know, if there's, a, if I wish someone could have talked to me four years ago and said, Lucy, here's some steps that could help you. Um, I'm, I, I feel blessed for having the opportunity to, to have gone through the experiences because it made me, um, you know, more knowledgeable and running my business, my, my company now. Um, but it is something that I hope that, you know, um, can help anyone that's listening because it is yeah. possible. And, um, it's yeah. just a matter of how you, uh, you know, leverage your network. And um, so actually, that's a good um, kind of segue right there. I want to ask um, you about your network, because I know you built a lot of your network when you were like working, but I know a lot of my audience struggle to one, like networking feels hard because it, it almost, it can feel superficial and it can feel like just, you know, I don't know. And it also can feel like it's one off, right? Like you meet them and then it's like, okay, never going to see you again. And like, I think the the point after that is what's hard for people 
to like keep that relationship going. How have you been able to like build a network? Cause I know your network is what helps you build, like, you know, actually start off your business and consulting, you knew people and you knew businesses and you had helped people and worked with people. So like, what would you like, what has helped you really like keep relationships going? Um, and like, what else do you, can you say about networking and how it's affecting business? Well, here's something I'll share with you as advice is that your social network is your social capital. And in this business, if you don't have a network, you don't have social capital. And that capital uh, translates to, obviously, profit business growth. And so think of it as the time that I invest building relationships, that social capital equals my net worth. So if you think of that formula, I think it'll help you start translating how the time that I'm utilizing to follow through, follow up meet for coffee, all these elements that we're thinking, gosh, I, I just don't know what I'm going to get out of this uh, relationship. You may find that that person that you are meeting with may lead you to other opportunities, connecting them to their network. And once you are established with this person, you have an ally. And so the ways that I did it to build my network is obviously, as you mentioned, I worked in this field for you know over 15 years. And then I decided to um, you know, launch my business, a lot of that network was already established. However, that doesn't mean that that was basically where my business came from. My business has been, um, I've, I've grown that business organically through clients that were satisfied with the service and then they referred me out. One of the things for me is that paid off was attending Chamber of Commerce, uh, networking, uh, Chambers of Commerce in your communities have these, um, meet and greet and they also have um, speakers. I always was prepared with my business cards and I always attended. My goal was always I need to meet five people tonight. And I made that very clear of how many contacts do I need to have tonight before I walk out. And it's not just that let me shake your hand, let me tell you who I am and here we go, small talk. No, it's about I was listening. And when I introduced myself, my focus was to be able to have them share with me who they were, what their business is, what are their passions. And I'm going to tell you that when you give them the platform to speak and you just listen, people feel validated. And you may be surprised that sometimes you may be the only person that has asked them the question. And when they start sharing how they got into the business and why, what makes them tick and why do they, they open up a vulnerability with you and they are grateful and they will remember you. And so what I've found is that giving, uh, being present when I'm meeting with someone and I give them my soul uh, attention, that is where individuals really find that this is a relationship I want to continue. And what I do is I, I would have my little box of my business cards for the end of the night. I would put them in my box. And then the next day with a fresh mind, I would follow up with an email um, and uh, be able to connect with them and share a little bit more about me. Um, and I would make the linkages. So an example, one of the strategies you want to look into is how, uh, what they offer, or how, 
what they do can connect to my business. And so I would propose things and I thought, what's the worst thing that can happen? They don't respond to my email or uh, they'll say thanks, but it's not, you know. So I would say, you know, if you ever need professional development training for your staff, or if you like to increase your performance in your in your business, um, you know, here's something, here's some trainings that I offer. So you start having a tr- this transaction and um, individuals really, um, that's how I took it to the next level. I love that. I think there's a couple takeaways I want to reiterate. I think the first one is that people like talking about themselves. They like sharing their story. And I think that's a huge, huge call out. I know so many people in my audience who are like, I want a community. I want like, like I want people around me. I need that community. And also it helps you keep yourself accountable too when you surround with people, surround yourself with people that are doing like something. And I know that this can look different on social media, but I feel like just from what you shared, I feel like it gave me inspiration of like, hold on, how can we transition this to a social media place? Or like, how can I do the same thing, like the lessons that you just shared? And how can I do those virtually? People really do like talking to themselves, talking about themselves and their story. And you can actually like reach out to people on, for example, Instagram um, and just tell them, hey, I really appreciate what you're doing in this social space. I would love to understand how you got into this or I would love like what inspired you to even start this? Just very simple questions. Um, People like talking about themselves. I've sent DMs to people that I... I, you know, look up to, or I really like what they're doing. And a lot of the time I will get like a reply that is like, Oh my God, thank you so much. This is like, so kind of you to say there's a lesson to be learned in like making those relationships and asking those questions and allowing people to share like how, you know, what, what, how did you find this passion? How did you get started? I think that's, I think that's really, really important. And the fact that you followed up the next day, like, Hey, it was great to meet you. And then lastly, the fact that you were like, your network is your net worth. Like, you guys, we got to start thinking like this. Like, and I'm learning this even more now, Lucy, because I am having guests on my show. And I'm like, oh, shoot, like one guest will invite me to up or not invite me, but one guest will will have their own network that either found out about me or reached out to me. Or if I have somebody in your network that I'm really interested in, I could tap into you now. You know what I mean? So like, it really is so important to build these network the best way you can, right? Like right now, we're obviously in a sticky situation with with COVID. But how do we get creative? How do we continue this? How do we build our network? I would say I've been more socially, I've had more calls with people I don't know that I literally befriended on Instagram during quarantine. Before that, I probably would have felt a little bit more like, oh, I'm in my box. Like I can't network because, you know, it's just, this is my circle and that's it. But no, it's not true. Like there's opportunities all over us and we just have to like get ourselves out there. Um, Thank you for sharing that. I think that was so, so important. Okay. Let's get to um, leaving your job. And I know you shared some of this, but like If you can go back in time and put yourself back, Lucy, to when you were starting to itch, right, to like leave your job, you're like, oh, I could do better. Like I can do this. 
what, tell me about that experience and what you would do differently. Like what, if you could start, and of course you would, you know, everything that's happened to you has gotten to you where you are, but for the person that is just starting out, she just has that itch. She's like, oh, I want to leave my job. I want to leave my job. I want to leave my job. What would you tell her? Here's what I would say is that sit down and uh, just draw. And I know this sounds crazy, but draw your vision of what the ideal job business looks like and think big. I think that one of the elements we do well is we start questioning, is it possible? Can I do this? Take that inner voice, just move it to the side and give them a timeout and let your creativity just flow. Many people decide not to draw. That's fine. Some of my clients want to do vision boards. Do a vision board. And um, what it really is, is once you have that vision, that is what you're aiming at. And how we get through, how do we get to that vision? It's the beauty of this journey because it is a beautiful experience. It is very fulfilling when you know you no longer work for someone else and make money for someone else, but you have total control of your schedule, total control of what decisions you want to make, what you want to work on today. You want to take the day off. You want to go on vacation. It's really liberating. So I actually got a feel for that. Prior to leaving my job, I actually started doing some uh, trainings for some organizations and I realized the money that can be made. And it started really putting a, into perspective, wow, there, there is a, a niche there that will pay for what I can offer. And I wonder what would it look like if I, instead of working my nine to five job, my 40 hours a week, if I had those 40 hours of time that's really a gift of time to be working on my business. Can you just imagine what you could do? And so when you're sitting by yourself and you're drawing, think about if you were given 40 hours of time as a gift and no worries about anything else, everything works out, just draw that picture. What is your ideal business look like? And get creative, right? You know, draw branches to it or whatever you want. This is your platform. And I would suggest as you take a look at what that uh, business looks like, that's what we're going to aim for. I made the decision to aim and go towards that picture that I drew because I was in tears by the end of the night. I wanted it so bad. I was terrified, but I would not let that inner voice tell me not to do it. I just needed, I was hungry and I needed, I need to make this happen. So what I would suggest as you are visualizing what you would like to do, the steps to get there really start in planning. So the planning, the first thing that you need to do for planning is you should do your homework and the homework is uh, take your idea, your concept, and let's test it out, out in the market. And how you do that is you start studying the potential clients and you watch for behaviors. You start understanding what are the patterns? Is it seasonal? Is it, do they want the service only once a year? Is that something I'm going to be able to sustain? What, um, what is the type of income that my niche 
has? Do they have disposable income? Is it something that maybe it's going to limit their ability to purchase or acquire my product? Um, start studying the ni- your niche market. Uh, once you start understanding your niche, and it's okay if you don't have it down solidified because what you'll find through this journey is that your niche will expand and grow. I had never started my business uh I, I uh, thinking that I was going to serve the different sectors that I serve now, but I knew I had to start somewhere. And once I studied my niche, which was local agencies and nonprofit executive directors, uh, what uh, I realized is that as I started building my product or my platform of what I would offer, I started getting creative and I, I started, I, I realized something that made my heart beat fast was I can imagine myself training 100, 200 uh, social workers or you know professionals, and then I realize, oh my gosh, I can offer this other element from these trainings. And then what I realize is, by the end of just starting that drawing, I actually was able to draw out my business plan. I will tell you that if there's anything I would highly recommend is work on your business plan. Um, it'll save you a lot of money. It'll reduce your liability. It will help you be strategic and focused on your next steps and allowing for some organic growth in between. But even though the business plan sounds intimidating and I don't know, know how to do that, what I found is because my passion was helping others, I started to see a demand for small business owners and startups that that basically were in that position where they didn't know how to get started. It's important for you to study your market, who is your your target audience, population, your clients. Second, study the market under the level of who is competing against you. It's important that you look at least three to five competitors and study what they offer. And I have no shame to say that I called my comp- competitors and I acted like I was a client myself and that I was a customer. And I and I, I have no shame. I basically needed to do my homework and I'm hungry for this. And I basically uh, interviewed. I talked to them. I said, can you send me a packet of information? I would love to hear more about it. Send me your link. Then the beauty of that is I was able to, one, uh, look at what they didn't offer. And I started making a list of the gaps. And then I started looking at those gaps and I realized there's a couple of these areas that they're not offering that I know I, I can. And even if I'm not the expert, I will become the expert <laughs> because I will make it happen. I just want to really call out the fact that you not only did your homework, but you took like you wanted, you needed to understand the information that the competitors were working on, like how did they service customers? You guys, this is so important. And this can go across like all, like all industries. I, I do similar by signing up for different courses and signing up for this, like getting this freebie, getting this, like, I want to see what is out there and I want to see what's working and I want to figure out what will work for my audience. So I just want to like really call that out guys. If you're listening to this, you're going to have to do not just baseline homework, not just a Google search. You're going to have to do the work to actually research and figure out what is my niche. And I know there are a lot of you trying to find your niche 
And if you're trying to like really hone in on your niche, then do the homework. Like don't just Google it. Don't just do a little couple Instagram scroll scrolls and call it a day. No, who is your audience? Who are they? What do they need? And then figure out, figure it out by actually writing it down, figure out where you play a role in that. I think that's so important, Lucy. I'm sorry to like cut you off, but like that was so, so good. And I want to make sure that my audience really took something away there. Yeah. So the third element that uh, part of the study in your market is identifying your product's value and your price point. And so it's important to, as like I said, your competitors are going to provide you estimates, quotes, they're going to give you the the cost of, of what they're selling that's similar to yours. But uh, you really basically start assessing what that um, averages based on what you're finding. Now, here's the thing. It gets a little tricky because sometimes what they sell is not exactly what you sell. Well, so let's take, you know, maybe maybe two of the three things that I do, they have. So you're basically just trying to um, analyze what that product the comparable, uh, the comparison to that product so that you could come up with a uh, price range. So let's say, um, you know, uh, that the product most competitors are selling at between 60 and $90. And you're realizing that it may not be exactly to what you sell or you want to sell, but it is a starting point. You want to start studying if you have a, you have the deal with the supply chain uh, because you have to have things um, sent to you from a different place and then it obviously gets to you. You want to start studying what the supply chain costs will be. Uh, if there's manufacturing costs, you want to really do your homework in, and really fine tuning what that product, what would it entail to be able to make it at the affordable pr- uh, price point. And you will now have an idea of what that cost would be. You're starting to assess your your doing your homework because you're looking at different, um, you know, um, companies that may help you uh, obtain your raw materials or your or the elements that you needed to, to develop your final product. And you now have studied the market because you're looking at your uh, price point competition. So that's where the magic begins. And that is when you get into that third step, you really start looking at how am I going to sell and be able to bring an edge uh, to that competition? How am I going to be the one that people will want to come? You're going to have to look at investing also. And that means you're going to have to project for some losses. And what I mean losses, they're really investments because when you're giving some free products, let's say you give it to an influencer, you're giving it away to a company so they can test out your, your product and see if they like it. All these elements are you know, part of your marketing strategy, but they're also an opportunity to be able to share and ship out um, your product so that you are exposed. You know, I love what Kat is doing is because I'm learning from her um, how social media has an impact. Having the education that you can get on how to brand education on how you can market, you know, those are good investments for you to learn from because it allows you to think outside the box on ways that you can get to that client that customer that you really want to um, hone into. And um, it's important for you to just take those three areas, I think, that allow you to start building um, into having something concrete versus just a concept or idea. So it's about taking it from that visual board that I asked you to draw 
to now doing some concrete steps that will be that homework um, that will help you now get to the next level and really see, is this really what I want to do? Because at this point, when you're planning, you're not really investing capital. You're really in the planning stage. Think of that as your foundation. You're doing your homework for your foundation. And then it's time for us to build. I think that is so good. You know, what's funny is I'm in the process of building my business plan right now. And I'm like, in. I already like filed my LLC. I did things a lot, very imperfectly. And that's kind of my brand, like how I am with my audience. I'm like, just go, like, just do it. But I'm realizing that that only takes you so far. It's not that you need a business plan. You will a thousand percent benefit and grow your business like quickly if you actually put everything in your head on paper and then actually do the work to legitimize your business, to formalize your business. So I loved, loved, loved those steps. So number one, I love Lucy that you said to study your uh, market and understand your niche. I, I know I mentioned this earlier, but if you guys are looking to figure out what your niche is, and maybe you have a niche that is very, you know, very wide, hone it down, get to know the market. But I challenge you listening to this to look locally, like look locally, how you can, how can your business support locally, figure out the market locally. If obviously if you have the type of business that doesn't, you know, work that way, if you're an influencer or whatever, maybe it might look a little bit different, but like, I think starting at the local level and spreading out, like you said, like look wider, but also, and I feel like in social media, it's look closer, like do, do a little bit of both, um, depending on the type of business that you want to run. But I really, really love that. Okay. One more question. We asked this to every single guest. Um, this podcast is called follow that fear. So what fear do you plan on following this year? Yeah, I've been looking at my 2020 goals. So I actually uh, develop a uh, vision board for me for every year. So my goals, my goals is a uh, I am going to be expanding my team. And uh, for me for 2020, uh, COVID actually is a great opportunity. I know it sounds bad, but this is a great opportunity for you to invest in your business uh, when it comes to time. Uh, I actually am spending more time um, getting to know other consultants in in this area that um, may be a fit for my team. Um, I know what my strengths are and I know what my weaknesses are. And I know that I need to surround myself with individuals that are different from me and be able to enhance that skill set for the firm. So that's my goal is expanding my team and uh, being able to support our small business owners with uh, a lot of the growth that's coming through and some of the challenges that we can also help through strategy. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was so fun. We didn't even tell them that we're cousins. Oh, yes. <laughs> Arriba Guatemala. Guatemala. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Lucy. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. I appreciate you. You are someone who's inspired me um, through just watching your journey. And I don't know, you're such a blessing to women in general, especially the Latina community. Um, I know it's all it's you're four years in and it's still just the beginning. I can't wait to see what you create oh. more. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And in every year is 
every year is just a new opportunity for for our growth. And so I'm really excited through this journey that I'm growing every day. I'm definitely not an expert, but something that I do share is that just remember, uh, pay it forward. That's that's really the thing here for us to continue this movement of helping each of us helping each other pay it forward. There will be someone in the same position you're in today, tomorrow, that may need your advice and support. So hopefully some of the tips that I shared today can be helpful. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Here are some recaps on what Lucy had to say. Number one, your network is your social capital. So be sure to make time to make those connections, do what you got to do to keep your network thriving. Remember, people like to talk about themselves. So when you do have those opportunities, ask a lot of questions and listen. Number two, if you want to start your business, start with creating a vision and think big. What do you want for yourself? Write it down like she told us. All right, number three, start with planning. Do your research and find your niche. This is prevalent in not only the government space, but in all business and digital. It's so important that we start with planning, research, and niching. And y'all know me. I know I'm always like, do what you got to do, like take action first. And that definitely works too, but that'll only take you so far. So it's important to plan, research, and figure out your niche. Number four, your niche will expand and grow. So don't think that if you pick one niche, it'll be like that forever. It'll expand, it'll grow, and that is the fun of business. Number five, check out three to five competitors and study their offerings. Figure out what they do. This could look different for different businesses, different focuses, but check out your competitors. You wanna understand a little bit about what your customers will be making a decision with. And then number six, use this info to structure your pricing and investment. It's gonna take some capital, it's gonna take some money to build your business, but doing all of the homework we just went over, that is going to help you make the best decisions for your business. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please, please, please give this show a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I so appreciate you being here. Thank you so, so much. And before we go, I do want to let you know that Lucy does have a freebie for you. She has a freebie to help you kind of build your first business plan. So if you're interested, you can email her at Lucy. L-U-C-Y consulting C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G nine at gmail.com. All right, guys, have a good one. Have a wonderful week. I send you my love and keep following those fears, guys. Keep following those fears. Love you guys. Bye.